think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. So, is anybody feeling like Charlie Brown this holiday season? Anybody? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's lots of people in the room. You see, Charlie Brown is talking to Linus about something that's missing for Christmas, from Christmas. And I believe that we can all relate to this in, way, in one way or another. You see, Christmas is coming, and we don't feel the way that we're supposed to feel. We're sad. We're not happy. There's a lot of things going on. With all the Christmas presents, Christmas cards, Christmas lights, Christmas trees, Christmas breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that we have, man, Christmas can easily get booked up with a lot of distractions that pull us away from the true meaning of Christmas. There's several studies out there that, that, that show some of these top things that people are most worried about during the Christmas season. The number one thing that we see is that people worry about their finances. People are, are worried about buying the right gift for the right person. People are, are worried about their kids. People are worried about how the, the holiday schedule is going to go, who house are we going over, and how long are we going to stay. You know, I mean, these are things that, that we all struggle with around this season. You see, holidays aren't always happy or healthy for everyone. You see, some people during this season, it means long to-do lists, lots of tasks that need to be done. So also during the season, some people experience family tension. I mean, we've already heard that, that there's the financial stress that's there. Some of, some of the people in the room are feeling lonely. They maybe have very little do, to do or nobody to do things with. Some of you guys in this room are trying to figure out, how does a holiday look different now, now that there's some loved ones that are not sitting at the table with you anymore? There's a lot of things that can distract us during this season. You see, we can miss the joy, the blessing, and the gift of Christmas when we're overwhelmed by all the distractions during this season. You see, we need God. We need His traveling light to keep us focused on Jesus, on Jesus who is the true meaning of Christmas. Today, we're going to be able to look at uh, some encounters that Mary had uh, when, uh, she, when it was time to announce her pregnancy and uh, we're going to be able to see how Mary is a young woman who's not yet married, but by a miracle of God, she brings forth the Son of God. And so through her unexpected pregnancy, we can learn what really matters. Or should I say, who really matters? And who really matters is Jesus. So what can Mary teach us about distractions during the Christmas season? We're going to be looking at chapter, uh, Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. That's Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And as you're turning, if you haven't had the chance to meet yet, I will, uh, if we haven't had the chance to meet, I would like to take a quick moment just to introduce myself. My name is Cliff Hines. I get to be uh, one of the pastors here on the kids' wing. I'm the kids' pastor. I love to and enjoy time with kids, but I get to be here with you guys again today. That's like, what, twice in the month almost? Kevin's got some things going on. Don't get crazy. All right, but 
And we also ask everyone each week to, to fill out a uh, digital connect card. So if you got a, uh, a listening guide at the bottom, there's a QR code that you just scan. And we want everybody to fill that out each week so that we can better connect with you and better pray with you. Um, so Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26, it reads as this. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent, an angel, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby to be born will be holy, and will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and is now in her sixth month. For the word of the God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. You see, there's three things that we can do to keep focus on Jesus during this season. And the first thing is this. You got to believe God's grace over your life. You see, Mary, she's a young teenage girl who's about to get married. I mean, she's probably in the most stressful, the most busiest season of her life. I mean, she's literally prepared for a wedding. And if you've ever been around a soon-to-be bride, you know how, fake, how crazy things can be. Just leaving that right there. But in the middle of all this craziness, in the middle of all of this busy season in her life, uh, Mary's being tasked with something that could potentially destroy her whole life before it even starts. But do you remember what Mary's response was? There was no, why me, God, or, or no, God, this is too hard for me, or can you just delegate that to somebody else? She simply says, I'm the Lord's servant. You see, as believers, each of us has been given a calling and a purpose. And that purpose is to go out into all the world to tell others about our glorious Heavenly Father. You see, we were each born with different skills and gifts and talents. But the thing is, is that my call on my life may look different than the call that God has on your life because my story and my gifts are different than your story and your gifts. But the thing is true for all of us is that God can use all aspects of our life to bring his name glory. That's the good stuff and the bad stuff. You see, there's people in the room who so often hold on to their past hurts, their past failures, and they're letting their past sin and decisions they made dictate the future, their future plans. They're, they're letting their future, they're letting their sins define their future. Friend, let, let, me, let me say this. I want you to hear me on this as well. You got to let that stuff go. You, you can't hold on to the past because you're not defined by your past. God is the one who defines you. And when he sees you, he sees that you're beautifully and wonderfully made and you're an image bearer of him. 
And I'm not trying to make light of, of what you've been through or what you've done, but I do know this for sure, is that my God, he's way stronger, he's one who loves way deeper, and he's given up everything for you. You gotta let that stuff go. You can't let your, your, your past dictate your future. You can't be distracted by your past or even your current situation that you're in. You gotta trust God and let him use you. You see, we don't want to be like Zechariah uh, uh, from last week's sermon who doubted the angel because of his circumstances or the things that he's been through. You see, he was holding on to the past. He was distracted. But Mary, on the other hand, she believed God, and she understood that he had a, 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 a powerful grace over her life that, that, that she had an opportunity to do great things for the Lord. She believed God, and she believed in his grace. So the first thing that you and I have to do in order to focus in on Jesus during the season is that we have to believe God's grace over our life. And the second thing is that this, you got to keep your family close. Keep your family close. Let's continue to read and see what happens next in Mary's life after she finished talking with the angel Gabriel, and we'll pick up in verse 39. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to a town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You see, after the angel left Mary, Mary hurried to Elizabeth's house. You see, God provided an older woman who was also pregnant with a miracle baby to be a safe place for Mary. Church, got a question for you. Who's your safe place? And who do you run to and who do you hurry to in time of need or when you have exciting news to share? Or better yet, who needs, to, who needs you to be a safe place for them? I couldn't help but to, to realize and notice what Elizabeth's reaction was to Mary, and it stuck with me. You see, here's this woman who is a lot older, in her older age, who thought she would never, ever be able to conceive a child. God had answered her prayer and her husband's prayer and blessed them with a son. And yet, when it came time to share this exciting news, this is what it said had happened. It says, Mary, I mean, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. She said, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? It says, when I heard your greeting, the, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you, because you believed that the Lord would do just as he said. There's two quick things, powerful things that I noticed in this response that Elizabeth gave Mary. The first thing is this, is that when Elizabeth speaks of the child who's still in Mary's womb, she calls him Lord. This is the Bible's first acknowledgement that Jesus, the baby that's in Mary's tummy, is Lord, that he's the Messiah 
that he's the one who's coming to take away the sins of the world. You see, this acknowledgement had to be a prophetic acknowledgement because uh, uh, that was given to Elizabeth uh, by the Holy Spirit because there's no prior text that shows that anybody else knew about the baby that was in Mary's stomach besides the angel, God, and maybe Joseph knew at this time. But what the Bible tells us is that, that Mary, when she heard the news that she was going to be pregnant, that her cousin was pregnant, she hurried to Elizabeth's house. And during that, that greeting, Elizabeth's baby jumped, and the Holy Spirit came over Elizabeth, and then Elizabeth began to speak those words, those words of encouragement. And I think that's important for us to see because this is the first time that Jesus was called Lord. I mean, several years and thousands of years before he's been prophesied about, but this is the first acknowledgement that the baby that is here is Lord. The second thing is this, <clears throat> is that Elizabeth chose humility and gave her younger cousin the honor that she was due. You see, there was no jealousy in the fact that her little cousin was chosen to be the mother of Jesus. There was no questioning on, on why Mary was chosen instead of me. There was no second-guessing God's choice. Instead, there was rejoicing with one another that they both had an opportunity to, to, to have a part in God's perfect plan. I mean, this is a beautiful, loving, exciting moment for Elizabeth and Mary. But the truth is, not all of our families are like this. Sometimes our relationship with our family is messy. Sometimes it's just not good at all. Maybe your relationship with your family is non-existent. You don't have a relationship with them. You see, I get that, and I'm sorry about that. But there's good news in this as well. You see, family is more than flesh and blood. You see, the word family may look di different for several people. For me, my immediate family, it looks like this. It may be, it may be you, it may be your spouse, it may be your kids. I'm just saying, that's a cute little kid, man. I love him to death. Sometimes it's your biological family. It may be your parents, your siblings, maybe your nieces and nephews, things like that. It may be your biological family. That may be the family that you have. Those people who know the good, the bad, the ugly, who was there from day one. Sometimes it may be your in-laws, the family that you married into. And dang, man, I got to tell you, I'm married to a good family, y'all. It may be your spiritual family. Those people who choose to take you in because they see God's great potential that he has in your life. And sometimes it's your family. Yeah, I said family. It's the, the family that you choose, those friends that you choose to be your family. And maybe it's your church family, those people from church that you're excited to do life with. And let me add one thing to this, to this last one here, that church family thing. Because I know that you're busy. And, and you may think it's that it's, it's, a, it's a terrible idea or an insane idea that you may spend more than one hour at church. But I know that the, the, I know the loneliness that, that you're struggling with, the overwhelming feeling of being in a big church, or, or maybe even the lack of connection that you're experiencing, it can all be solved by getting plugged into a small group. 
I believe that the connection that you build with other like-minded believers within a small group can help you stay focused through many of life's distractions. You have people that you can bounce ideas off of or, or ask for help or prayer. You see, if you're unsure what group is good for you, step by the next step, stop by the next steps here. Grab one of those flyers that give you a description of all our groups. Talk to Pastor Steve or any other pastor here, um, and we can point you in the right direction of a group that fits you. And so the first two things is this. In order for us to stay focused on Jesus, we first have to believe in God's grace over our life. Understanding that you're not defined by your past. And the second thing is that we have to keep our family close and know that our family may be more than flesh and blood. We also need to do this. We need to praise God for who he is. You see, Elizabeth's word of blessing caused Mary to speak and to sing out praises to God. Let's listen to how Mary praises God, starting with verse uh, 46, uh, and we'll pick up there. <clears throat> it says, Mary responded, oh how, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of, this lo of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he is, for, for, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the, the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. He has, made his, he has made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Okay, I got a question for you guys. How many of you guys have ever watched a Disney movie? Yeah, a lot of people, hands going up. Watched a Disney movie. How many of you guys have noticed that the, the songs in the Disney movie, movie actually become, become more popular than the movie themselves? And what I mean by this is just, 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 just bear with me for just a little bit. I love Disney movies. I mean, I got to. I'm a kid's pastor, right? Um, but if you know these songs, I want you to join in with me. Don't leave me hanging, y'all. Yeah, you can take it out. That's fine. It's already recorded. It's already going to be on Facebook anyway. So if you need to take your phone, I'm going to do it. But if you know these songs, join in with me. The first one is this. It's a Kuna Matata what a wonderful phrase. Akuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. It means no worries. Come on, friends. For the rest of your days, it's all problem free. Philosophy. Come on, bring it home. See, you guys know it. You guys are in. You guys are God. Uh, what about this? And this one is here is for our, uh, probably our lady friends in the room. I I'm just going to say, this is still one of my favorite movies. I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to be real. I love Frozen. So, so join in with me if you know this song. It says, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. Come on, folks. The cold never. 
You guys got it. You guys know it. You guys got it. Okay, and this one here. This is the new one. It's going to be stuck in your head from the rest of the day. I mean, in, I, 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 heard, I already heard it happen. It's already happened. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Let's, let's join it together. It says this. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. All right, we can go in any verse. She's still going over here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you get the point. All of these songs, people are know, they know them, they understand them, but the purpose of these songs is to set the tone and the atmosphere for the scene. You see, they often help advance the plot of the story and develop the character. In some cases, this even, these songs are even used to forecast the future events that's going to happen, and that's exactly what's happening here. You see, basically, Mary's response, the praise that she sings to God is basically a Disney movie solo. That's basically what it is right now. But seriously, Mary prays in this moment. It helps develop her character. We get to see a little bit, a glimpse of who, a more of who she, who she is. It also advances the plot, but it also first foreshadows the future. You see, Mary praised God because of three things. Because he was mindful, because he was mighty, and because he was merciful. And what do I mean by this is that Mary understood that God is mindful. That God knew her personally. God knew that she was a lowly servant girl, that he knew what she had done, what she had been through, and what she was about to go through. You see, even in the midst of knowing her, God still chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus. Mary also recognizes recognized that God is mighty, that he has the power to do great things for his own glory, but also for his people. He can exalt the humble. He can, he can feed the, the hungry. He has the, the might, the power to overthrow oppression. And because God is mighty, we can run to him as a safe refuge. You see, his might, God's might, is the same might, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and emptied the grave. There's no one mightier than my God. She also knew that God was merciful that he can change generations when his people turn back to them. He, Mary knows that just like us, just like you and I, that she is still a sinner who's, need, who's in need of God's mercy and his grace. God's mercy is shown, and, is shown and was shown to his people when Jesus hung on the cross and took our place for the things that we've done wrong. That's how we know God is merciful. Church, we need to praise God like Mary did. Because when we praise God like she did and praise him for who he is and what he's done in our lives, we have no other option but to focus in on him. So we gotta, first thing, we gotta believe God's grace over your life. You got to know that you're not defined by your past. You got to keep your family close, knowing that, that family is more than just flesh and blood. We got to praise God for who He is because He's mindful, because He's mighty, and He's merciful. So, like I said at the very beginning, through this unexpected pregnancy of Mary, we can learn to focus on what really matters. Or more so, who really matters. 
And who really matters is Jesus. Is Jesus your focus this Christmas? Or are you distracted? You see, God didn't send us a to-do list. He sent us a person. He sent us Jesus. And while there's still sin, while there's still loss, there's still pain in this road that distracts us from the true meaning of Christmas, God still shows us mercy and grace every day. The answer to our sin problem is his son, Jesus, on the cross, in our place. And, this is, and, and because of this, we can know that God is good, that he loves you, immeasurably more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. He loves you personally. And so my challenge for you this holiday season is this. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we just thank you. God, we thank you so much for your constant reminder of your grace and mercy that you have on our life, over our life. God, I pray that, you, that we continue to re remember you during this season, that we don't get too distracted by all the things that pull for our attention. God, I pray that you open our eyes and our ears to the way that you're moving around us. And God, I pray, I pray that you remind us that you're still there. You're still there walking with us through even some of the life's life most toughest distractions. God, we're so thankful for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, taking our place for the things that we've done wrong so that we can be made right with you. God, I pray that we remember that this season. And we're not too lost in all the distractions. And that's in Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, amen.